God's blessings to you. It is episode number five of the TLC show from Trinity Lutheran Church in Norfolk, Virginia. We are very glad that you are here with us. Pastor Jonathan Mraz uh, gives us some great insights regarding some of the news of the day, particularly what's going on with the Roman Catholic Church and the Pope's thoughts on the Lord's Prayer, as well as some Uh, issues that are happening within the broader Lutheran Church, particularly with the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. And so both of those issues kind of lead Pastor and myself to try to discuss what the role of the church is. And so uh, some very interesting insights from Pastor Mraz on that in this episode. Then, of course, we want to talk about Christmas and the joy that comes from Christmas and all the great things that are happening here at Trinity Lutheran in Norfolk. Please join us at 6001 Granby Street in Norfolk, Virginia. We have a whole myriad of worship opportunities coming up over the next couple of weeks. Please check those out at our website, which is trinitylutheranorfolk.org. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get started with the program. Pastor Mraz, how are you? I'm doing well. That's fantastic. Glad to be here again. It is fantastic again to to be doing this. Um, we're getting more listeners. People are are tuning in. Wonderful. Getting outside of the lifelines a little bit here, beyond the congregational walls. Some other folks are starting to hear about us, and so uh, this ministry uh, with with God's God's grace is starting to do well. That's I, good. I pray that it's beneficial for people. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, one of the things that folks seem to like about it, they do like our conversational style, and they like the fact that we talk about things that are actually happening in the world and, and, yeah. and things that, that matter of faith. And so I saw over the course of the last couple of weeks um, two similar yet very different stories. Okay, They're, they're mm-hmm. similar in the sense, and we'll get to this, in terms of discussing what the role of the church is, you know, what the role of, of the church as an organization um, praising praising Christ, you know, serving Him yes. and serving God, uh, what, what that means. But let's go into context first. One was international news. And that, you know, you don't get many things, quote-unquote, ex-cathedra oh, yes. from the Pope that have, yeah. you know, wide-ranging consequences. We kind of got one of those yes, yeah. over, over the last couple of weeks. And that's where the Pope is proposing that we change the Lord's Prayer from lead us not into temptation to, I think it's along the lines of abandon us not yeah. from temptation. Um, I know some, I've, I've been doing some reading and some uh, Lutherans have some very strong feelings on this regarding the translation from the original Greek. What are, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, it would appear that Pope Francis is uh, making an attempt to bring about a nuance uh, in an effort to, I guess, uh, make God more palatable. Because when you say lead us not into temptation, it sounds as if God would lead us to temptation, and we're praying that he does not. Well, Scripture says it this way, God tempts no one. Right. 
All right, so they're, they're, God's not tempted. He does test people, but he doesn't tempt people. And in the translation of the Greek, and not just in this instance, but in other areas where this word is used, it is correctly translated, lead us not into temptation. So, uh, you know, there, there have been um, some attempts in the past to change some of the verbiage in the Lord's Prayer, but it is so deeply ensconced in people's memory that when you do that, uh, there's a little bit of pushback. Mm -hmm. Um, So, for instance, uh, our Father who art in heaven. Well, we don't use the word art a whole lot. (laughs) Uh, Hallowed be thy name. We don't use that word. But those are proper translations of the Greek text. Um, I think one of the concerns, I mean, you know, lead us not into temptation it is properly translated that way. Do not bring us into trans t- uh, into uh, uh, you know temptation. Mm-hmm. Um, also properly, but I think one good way to look at it. For instance, we look at some other scripture references. Um, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Take not thy holy spirit from me. Well, does God take His holy spirit from people? No. No, He does not do that. Cast me not away from thy presence. You know, is he known for throwing people off the boat? Right. No. Right. You know, it, and, and then you'll notice in that psalm reference, then it ends with a prayer for God to provide. to the. So I think part of what's happening here is that in that petition, lead us not into temptation. We've stopped in the middle of the sentence because there's a but. So, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So, you know, people have tried to put different little spins on it and et cetera in an attempt to make it more palatable, more um, understandable, I guess. Uh, Trying to give God a break, they think, but. I think it's all right to just say it the way, exact way, actually, that Jesus said it, because Jesus is the one that spoke those words. Absolutely. And I think in this day and age, it's pretty important to recognize that evil exists, and it's pretty important to recognize that scripturally, Jesus even tells us that there are going to be people and and yes. folks who are meant to lead us astray. And what I'm referring to here is Matthew 24 verse 11, where it says, and many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. Yes. And, and that kind of brings me to my, my second church-related news story. And it's not really new because it was presented uh, to, of all places, a youth gathering um, yes. at, at the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, uh, gathering this, this 2018, um, from an ordained pastor uh, yes. in, in that synodical body yes. um, where she right. wants to, to create some sort of art project um, that she is calling it uh, that has really highly charged sensitivities sure. associated with it. Um, now, 
in her ministry, uh, she has gone out of her way um, to outreach to the LGBTQ community. Uh, and that in and of itself, I, I think, is a very good thing. It's a very underserved, no about underserved um, uh, community from, from the church. Um, but how she is approaching uh, sexual, human sexuality right. is not in keeping with church teaching. Um, not, well, not even not, that, I'm like, going the even way further, that God speaks. Yeah, going even further beyond that. I mean, it's not keeping with the commandments exactly at all. Yeah, um, exactly. And so, talk to me about the role of the church because even ELCA has been <clears throat> extremely silent on this. They they haven't said right. a word about it. This was a uh, a woman who. Pursued ordination. The uh, ELCA did ordain her about somewhere around 10 years ago or so. Uh, she started her own church almost immediately after that, um, but under the umbrella of the ELCA, and uh, has reached out, as you mentioned, uh, quite heavily to the LGBTQ body. Um, I think that's something the church should be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the downfall comes where instead of telling them in love that what's happening there is not only against God's design but against his commandments and doing whatever we can to help that body, she has warped the message to say this is something that should be really embraced. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, the LCA has uh, done some of that embracing in the last eight or nine years with Mm -hmm. their uh, now uh, taking clergy, uh, allowing homosexual uh, homosexual clergy to hold the office of the ministry, etc., acting you know, yeah. active lifestyles. Um, but, but well, I, uh, I mean, there are a couple things though that, that she espouses. Let, let, let's let's talk first of all. One of the things that she talks regarding pornography, she says, as long right. as it's like ethically, ethically sourced. sourced. Yeah, like like there's a bunch of Christians doing good pornography. So promoting promoting <laughs> adultery is okay, and yeah. creating what I can only construe is. If she says it's an art project, I say it's a golden idol. Yeah, it, it definitely is. You know, so this is this is the thing. I mean, mankind has not changed. Um, as I was thinking about this, uh, a little saying came to my mind. I wish I could remember who the quote was from. Uh, and uh, don't take it to church, so yeah, to speak. Say but, um, but here's what the quote was was that in the beginning, God created man. And since the fall, man has been trying to return the favor. So, you know, man loves to create God in his image. He wants a God who will tell him, you're not that bad. And what you're doing is not harmful, especially not eternally harmful. 
And, uh, you know, so if, if, if this is what you like, uh, embrace it fully. And, uh, you know, it's more like the grandpa yeah. God that says, I love you and whatever you do is fine. You know, don't go too far, but, you know, whatever you're doing, it's, it's okay. Well, it's not okay. And for the church to just allow that uh, without reprimand or um, at least speaking out against it um, is sinful. Yeah, so, so that, you know, there's a couple things here that I, I, I want to unpack, and I don't want the podcast to go too long because mm-hmm. we want to get to other things. And, and I actually have an approach here. We're kind of heavy on law. Yes, to begin yes. begin our podcast, and believe me, we're going to gospel here soon, soon enough. Sure. Um, but the role of the church, you know, here we have two very different ways of how the church acts. We have a, a very, um, uh, I, I don't want to call it a monarchy, but and I don't even want to call it authoritarian. But but you you have a very hierarchical structure in the Catholic Church, and what's perceived and what's, as the organized religion how 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 things work and and that you know pope the pope is indeed saint peter's successor and so you know what he says the roman catholic position is is the deal right and then on on the totally on the other side you have the elca which is just seems like it's there's no organizational structure as long as you're not hurting anybody else and you know there's no um how would I say? There's there's no pushback, yeah, you know, so, against whatever it is that you're doing, as so, long as you're doing it in faith, right? So, so, so the question is, what what is the role of the church? What is the role of organizationally of the church? Yeah, the role of the church is to speak God's word to the world, to act out God's word to the world. So, you know, everything the church does and says should point to Jesus. Um, and, and that's what he has for us, what, he's, what he offers us. Um, with the understanding that when we act on our own accord, what we're doing is saying we don't want what Jesus has. I prefer what I prefer. Yeah. And so, you know, we go to people in love, and I know, you know, people have said this before, and it sounds kind of cheesy and all that kind of stuff, but it really is. It's not love like, you know, um, brotherly love or, or sexual love, but love like the Lord gives us, agape love, to go to people with love, not expecting anything in return, but just to speak God's true message. There is a God who loves you. And, yeah, it's true. He's laid down rules for our good, but uh, uh, the biggest thing that we have to tell the world is that Jesus came to pay the price for those penalties that have been earned, which is eternal death, damnation. So the second part of the question is, what's in a name? Um, Okay. Martin Luther, much to his chagrin, did not enjoy the fact that there was a whole group of people that were named after him. Lutherans. The Lutherans. Yeah. And unfortunately, because of this given circumstance, there are a lot of people out there who are saying, 
the Lutheran Church, which means right. you and me. Right. <laughs> and yeah. everybody LCMS, everybody Wells. Yeah, um, this you know, pan-Lutheran pan group. Pan-Lutheran group. How? There, there is something in the order of 30 plus yeah. Lutheran synods just in North America. So how how do we as you know I I really wish somebody would have grabbed the name Church of Christ before yeah, right, you know right, right after the right after the Reformation but it didn't happen somebody else got it it's right, not ours right. um, so what do we do what's in a name you know here's the thing I I serve as a pastor in a Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Because I believe that they believe, teach, and confess what Scripture tells us. Uh, but in heaven, God's not going to ask, were you Lutheran? Were you an LCMS Lutheran? <laughs> no. It's ultimately, what is it? It comes down to, do you put your faith in Jesus Christ and in His work? Not in anything you've done. The fact is that while we can point fingers, and, and not in judgment, but I would, I would hope that we're pointing fingers because we care about the people. Right. And saying, look, what you're doing is wrong. That's not a judgment call. That's a call that says, I'm worried about you. Uh, if I saw my child playing in the middle of the street, I'd go get him and pull him out of the street mm-hmm. for his own good, mm-hmm. right? Uh, if my neighbor's house was on fire... I wouldn't sit across the street and watch and think, boy, I hope he, he wakes up and gets out of there before it burns up. I'd yell and scream and cry and go out and, you know, I, I don't know if I'd run into a built, burning building, <laughs> but, you know, what my effort would be to bring him awareness that he's in danger. And why? Because I care about him. Because I, I, I care about people. And that's what the church does. The church cares about people. It should care about people. Now, I want to remind everybody, as if they need to be reminded, that the church is made up completely of sinners. That's right. And so (laughs) we sin daily. And there are, you know, people that abuse power or, or, uh, you know, they do act as judge and jury, that kind of stuff. Um... That's not our part. We, we don't do that. That's not our position. Yeah. Uh, we are not judge and jury. Uh, what we get to be is proclaimers of the truth about Jesus. And, uh, you know, when somebody's acting on an impulse that they might legitimately have, I'm not discounting the fact that people may legitimately be drawn to a person of their same sex although it's getting tougher and tougher because of all this gender flux. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Sure. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I've, maybe I've mentioned in the past that I've had friends that were gay. Mm-hmm. But I love them enough to tell them what you're doing is wrong. Doesn't mean we can't be friends. We continue to be friends. I, I, I love them. Mm-hmm. But uh, because I love them, I, I did tell them that they were endangering themselves by their activity. Somebody says, you know, well, God made me this way. Well, that's a whole another discussion. Uh, God did not make us this way originally in any many of the things. But uh, one th- example I'll say is 
God made me a raging heterosexual. I am attracted to women. Mm -hmm. But just because I'm attracted to women doesn't mean I should act on it. In fact, I do whatever I can to make sure I don't act on it and don't put myself in positions where I might act on it. Um, that's not God's design. Right. So, you know, I, I, I'm, I, I'm not trying to judge people. I'm just, I'm worried about them. Absolutely. I just care about them. Absolutely. Um, and, and the same would be true if someone was a kleptomaniac. Exactly. You know, or or yeah. any, any myriad of other classifications that, that yeah. we could There's no sin greater with. than another. Right. You know, as humans, you go to the court, um, if you stole a pencil, you're going to get one fine. If you killed somebody, you're going to get something completely different. Yeah. But in God's eyes, sin is sin. So, you know, one's not greater than another. The yeah. only sin that you're not going to be forgiven of is the sin of unbelief. So, Which is a great segue into <laughs> where we are right now. We're about halfway through Advent. Yes. Uh, we have yep. two more Sundays to go, one yep. more Wednesday. Uh, yep. So if you want to join us for midweek Advent services on December 19th, it will be 7 o'clock right here. But uh, we, we have um, Joy Sunday, I guess. Yes. Uh, and yep. Rejoice uh, is coming up um, on this Sunday, yeah. uh, which will 16th. be the 16th, and that's a 10 a.m. service. Uh, and then we, yes, indeed, it's going to be three in a row, Pastor. Hey, looking forward to <laughs> that's it. That's right. So December 23rd, uh, we'll, Sunday, morning. Sunday morning, will be the last Sunday in Advent. Christmas Eve, we have two services, 7 p.m., uh, which is going to be the family communion service, and then a candlelight communion service at 10 p.m. on Christmas yes. Eve. And then we've got the great Christmas Day tradition still here, yes, here at, at Trinity. Um, 10 a.m. communion celebration, yes. uh, which will be fantastic. Proceeding on, we will worship again that following Sunday, December 30th. Yeah. Uh, again, regular services, 9 a.m. Uh, Sunday school, and then 10 a.m. service of readings and carols. And then... A lot of singing, good lots singing. Of, lots of good stuff. Are we doing anything New Year's Day? We're not doing anything New Year's Day. Okay. Uh, Just and, as an aside... My football team's playing, so... There you go. Okay. <laughs> now, your, your football team, mine, mine's playing on the 29th, so we'll, we'll, we'll go there. Anyway, um, so that's the other church, unfortunately, that a lot of us worship at. Uh, yes, yes. But, but uh, then Epiphany, um, Epiphany January 6th. 6th. Yep. So a lot of people right now, they think it's Christmas. Right, yeah, the, the marketers would definitely have you believe so. I mean, Christmas season starts after you swallow your last bite of turkey. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or your last piece of Halloween candy. Or, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, But, uh, you know, of course we are in Advent, this preparatory season, this, this season of repentance, looking forward to the celebration of the birth uh, that we picked December 25th, yeah. um, the birth of Christ. And then from that day... Until Epiphany the sixth, those are the twelve days, days of, Christmas. of Christmas. That's right. Yeah. Um, and Epiphany is, you know, a lot of people call it Three Kings Sunday. Um, mm. This is just the celebration or the idea that the wise men arrived uh, and right, you know, are, right. are worshiping at the foot of Christ. But let's talk 
you know, we talked a lot about law already. Let's talk about the joy that comes from Christmas. Yeah. Again, we, we say it every podcast, but it bears repeating. Why is Christ so important? Yeah, this, this celebration of the birth of Christ, you know, the, the foretold for centuries before his birth. I mean, it's a different birth. You know, my, I had kids. Uh, I've mentioned recently that we've been on a grandchild tour. We have a bunch of grandbabies out there. Uh, we knew they were coming some months ahead of time. But this one, Jesus, he'd been f- broadcast, forecast, prophesied for literally centuries. And uh, then when he does come, Weird things happen. Angels sing to shepherds. You know, we're so used to the Christmas story for those of us that do know it well, but even those that are maybe not quite so much, they may have still heard of the shepherds and the singing angels and other. But I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine being out in the fields? Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. I read a devotion recently through Lutheran Hour Ministries. Um, Imagine you and I were just sitting here having this podcast and suddenly Gabriel appeared. It's why every (laughs) instance of an angel appearing in the Greek, may phobu, fear Fear not. not. I tell you, I'd be a little nervous. I'd be scared to death. I mean, that's not something people see every day. Yeah. But fear not. Yeah, I bring you good tidings of great joy. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Christ, the Greek word equivalent to the Hebrew word Messiah, the chosen one, the one anointed from before, before, to come and save the world. I mean, it's literally what his name means. In fact, Jesus' name Joseph didn't get to name him. Neither did Mary. Right? The angels said, this is what you're going to name that child. Because he will save his people. And so what is this Christmas? I mean, the Christmas birth is great joy. But we should never forget, lurking in the background is the Easter event. Mm -hmm. The baby was born to die. And not just die like we think of death, but to take the sin of the world upon his shoulders and suffer the torment of hell in our place. And to come full circle, we as human beings, even great theologians, wrestle with temptation, wrestle with sin, wrestle with definitions, wrestle with how to treat people, wrestle with how to minister to people. Yes. And it's all on the shoulders of Jesus. It is. So with with this Christmas season, it's just fantastic. I'm I'm really looking forward to what we have going on here at Trinity. Again, you can find all this information on our website if you would like to come worship with, with us. We welcome you to come worship with us here at 6001 Granby Street, here in Norfolk, Virginia. Find out all this information again at Trinity Lutheran Norfolk. 
www.thepodcastnetwork.org if you have questions about this podcast or if you would like to share some of your personal stories or information. You can always go to our Facebook page and leave a comment on one of, one of the posts there or send us an email to tlc at trinitylutheranorfolk.org. Pastor, would you mind leading us in, in some closing words of prayer? Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you so much that you have given us the opportunity to speak the truth about you. We ask that we do that faithfully. Where we have opportunity to help others, we ask that you would give us the confidence uh, to do so and, and that we would do so in a way that shows your love. Uh, Christmas is a wonderful time. It is a time of family and cheer and um, I pray that you would bless the people listening to this podcast, that their relationships among their family would be strengthened, that they would uh, hear the, your story and uh, be brought into or strengthened, uh, that their faith would be strengthened. We pray all this in your name. Amen. Amen. So on behalf of Pastor Jonathan Mraz, I'm James Heft. Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy New Year. Happy Epiphany, and we will see you in 2019, if not sooner, if we see you here at Trinity. God's peace.